the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the bare necessities or Mother Nature's recipes that bring the bare necessities of life. Wherever I wander, wherever I roam, I couldn't be found of my big home. Welcome to episode 13 of the Beyond the Box Score podcast. I'm your host, Dave Gershman, and I'm being joined by Matt Klossel from the greater Toronto area. Matt, how you doing? Good. I'm glad to be uh, back with America's most popular uh, baseball podcast. It sure is, and I'm glad to... Bet most loved. Yeah, and I'm glad to be with uh, with America's most... Uh, with, with the most popular <coughs> co-host in America. That's right. Uh, Who's that? Well, that's you. Um... Oh yeah, I mean yes, of course. Yeah, and and there's no there's no doubt about it. Uh, this is the best podcast in the world. And uh, Matt, you know, we've had a, we've, you know, both you and I have been extremely busy this week watching baseball all week, and that's all we've been doing. That's why we've been so busy. It's been it's been so much fun. You know, the season's finally back. We've we've uh, been watching. You know, obviously the Royals. We've been watching every team play though, and it's been it's been a ton of fun. There's a lot of interesting stories. Um, and before we get into that, let me just you know cover the bases first. If if you want to follow Matt and I on Twitter, Matt, uh, we are at well, BTB Score Podcast is the is the podcast's uh, Twitter account, but you can find Matt at Devil underscore Fingers and his nine hundred and eighty something followers, and you can find uh, me and my almost at Matt's uh, follower rate uh, at Dave underscore Gershman, and uh, if you want to if you want to find the podcast on iTunes, just search beyond the bo- search beyond the box score and and it'll be there. You can also subscribe. From uh, from beyondtheboxcore.com, uh, send your emails. Send your uh, send your emails to to btbquestions at gmail.com. Make sure you rate and review the podcast on iTunes. It's um it's something that we that, that Matt and I would really appreciate. We we give you a free podcast every week. It's okay if if you don't like it. Just uh, at least rate and review. Just let us know how we're doing. And uh, so Matt, so uh, so you know, obviously there's some there's some big surprising teams so far this week. And it's been really exciting. I mean, it feels like it's been almost a year. I mean, it's, it's you know the it's the past week has been filled with so much baseball, and it's been great. And, and thankfully, there's so much more to come. But what are some of your thoughts so far, man, on on the first week of the season? Well, I get mocked by a lot of Orioles fans because I went out of my way and posted it at Fangraphs earlier this week, saying they weren't going to win anything. And of course, now they're going to you know the, or, the Orioles were they four and zero, five and zero at this point. They're they're, yeah, they're going to be winning, yeah winning, winning the American League East, and of course. Uh, we'll see what happens uh, down the road. I, I'm guessing that this will not last. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, the East is sort of upside down a little bit now with Boston and the Rays. Uh, neither of them won a game yet. Yeah. And uh, unless I'm looking at the wrong thing here, and uh, you know the Yankees are doing well, uh, both Toronto and Baltimore on top. Uh, you know, I kind of, I don't know if we, I talked about on this podcast that I, was not very complimentary of Baltimore's offseason, but you know, who knows? I'm happy for you know uh, Orioles fans that they could have this moment, you know, before the inevitable crash. Yeah, actually, speaking of the AL East, you know, Matt, this is obviously this is this is Wednesday night, and we're uh, podcasting while there's a lot of games on, and, and I'm watching the I'm watching a lot of games right now. But on MLB Network, there uh, they just showed a highlight of Yunel Escobar uh, hitting a ball to to right field, and David DeHaze was completely botching it. The ball just went like. 40 feet past him, it just went to the wall, and he's in for a triple, and he just got his head bumped by Andy LaRoche's knee. So that's so that's an update. Yeah, he's out. So that could that could be ugly, right? I mean, that could potentially be. Is he be out? A, really? 
Well, I, they, I, I mean, I'm looking at oh, yeah. Final Game Day thing here, and Johnny McDonald is in. He wow. has a hit though. Well, yeah, and that's that's pretty. Uh, that's that's bad. Uh, well, because you have to play John McDonald, or yeah, you know, I don't know, Mike <laughs> McCoy, but somebody bad. I mean, the Jays are already hurting. Um, where is uh, you know with Jose Bautista? I don't think he's going to actually play in this series. It's some family yeah. issue. Uh, but you know the Jays. Hey, my boy Travis Snyder hit a jack three run jack today. Yeah, you know I I, uh, I really like uh, Roger Davis. I th- I think he's a big part of the Jays. And you know it's funny because last year they were you know they were obviously a homer hitting team, but and they didn't have that many uh, guys who could run the bases extremely well. And 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 Davis is really a table setter for the whole for the whole team pretty much. And uh, you know. Well, yeah, but ironically, not he's not exactly the best kind of table center you want. I mean, because he doesn't have a very good on base percentage. Right. Well, and when you have all those all or nothing hitters, you don't really. It's a waste of time to steal bases in front of him. Right. I mean, at least he's hitting in front of Escobar, who doesn't have a lot of power. But uh, there's a lot of different models you can use for 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 batting order. You don't need to steal bases. You don't need a lot of speed in front of guys like Jose Bautista and uh, E5 wanting uh, right. kind of sorry Edwin Encarnacion. And Travis Snyder. These aren't guys who you don't want to hit and run with those guys. You want to get get the guys in motion. So uh, uh, Davis has a lot of lot to recommend him. He's a really good defensive outfielder, and uh, he is good. But you know he is fast. I think he's a little bit pointless to have. I don't yeah. think, but I don't think offensively. I mean, the table setter for these guys is just a guy who's gonna get on base and wait for him to hit yeah. and get an extra base hit. It's so Davis. I don't think. Uh, Really helps him offensively that much. Yeah, well, uh, es- es- Escobar is a really good fit. Yeah, well, I'd rather have a Roger Davis in center if I'm the Jays than Vernon Wells. And uh, well, sure, but you're talking about table of setting. Of course. I well, think, yeah. Uh, well, you know, I think Wells is still probably a slightly better player. He's just really overpaid. I mean, because Wells is a better hitter. Dave- Davis is not a is not a good hitter. Yeah, but the He's point a, is, I mean, who, uh, but who would be the Jays' leadoff hitter if uh, if Davis isn't there? I mean, it, it would probably be- who cares? Probably, you know. Probably Unal Escobar. Yeah. He's a better. So he's a better. He's a better hitter anyway. Well, anyway. I mean, it doesn't. You know, you know who the best. You know who the best leadoff hitter of all time would be. Who? Babe Ruth. Really? You know who the best number nine hitter of all time would be? Oh. Babe Ruth. Well, we should have a whole. We should do a whole podcast about batting order and misconceptions about it. I think about this. It's, you know, batting order doesn't matter that much. It's been shown over and over again doing different kinds of models, uh, and I. It doesn't make that much of a difference between a typical batting order. And the, and a truly optimized one out between the worst uh, batting order of all and the be- most optimal one. There's a pretty big difference, you know, probably six or seven wins yeah. over a season. But uh, uh, even though that's probably less than people think, but but still, uh, batting order is all relative to who else is, who else is in the batting order, right? Yeah. I and mean, people talk about the, a prototypical number three hitter or a prototypical leadoff man or things like that, and those things are all relative. You know, in some lineups, uh, let's take. Uh, Try to think of a hitter with really balanced skills. Chase Utley, when he's healthy, of course. Mm-hmm. In some, in some, you know, in some lineups, he's, he'd be a really good number four hitter uh, because he's got good power and good on base skills. The number four hitter actually, typically, uh, if they have, uh, if everyone in the lineup's the same, then I think the number four hitter gets the second most leadoff opportunities during the season to lead off an inning. Uh, but you know, in some lineups with a whole lot of power, like say the Yankees, uh, Chase Utley might be a really good leadoff hitter. Because of his base skills, there's other guys with more power who are going to drive him in, and he's a really good base runner. Yeah. So it all depends. Rajai Davis is a good is a good player. Uh, am I pronouncing his first name right? Rajay. Rajay, sorry. But but on the Jays, I, I'm not sure 
He might, you know, the, okay, I'll tell you the truth. I have done some lineup simulations where he is the best leadoff hitter, but I think that's mostly because he's hitting in front of you and Escobar. Yeah. But he's not really ideal for the Jays because they don't need a ton of speed in, in front of basically, you know, like tonight they're hitting uh, Lind, Hill, Rivera, Encarnacion, and Snyder, yeah. three through seven. Those guys are all kind of all or nothing guys. There's not, they're not, <laughs> none of those guys are contact hitters who are going to shoot one into the gap, you know? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, let's change the subject a little bit. Let's talk about, let's just talk yeah. about. Um, about, yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, Roger, Roger Davis is not, he's obviously, he's not the best leadoff hitter in baseball, but, you know, I, I think he's, I think he does a pretty good job. But let's talk about, you know, performances over the past week. And I know you and I have talked about this uh, off air. Uh, the Royals, except for, you know, uh, except for today, they, uh, they had, I think it was four straight uh, uh, wins in the last at bat, right? And, uh, and, you know, I've, I've been trying to figure out a lot of, a lot of teams' players who have been, you know, either, uh, so far, breakout candidates. I mean, it's still early. It's it's less than a week into the season, but players who have been really impressive so far, who you wouldn't have expected, or who you would have expected, but who hadn't ever had a, you know, a really good season before. And it seems, it seems like the Royals uh, have have several of those players, but not even that. You know, it seems like, man, I'm not sure if you if you've noticed this. Uh, 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 many of the week's best past performances have been second basemen. Well, yeah, not Chris Getz. Not Chris Getz. Not Chris Getz. No, but you know Howie Kendrick, Ian Kinsler, uh, Ricky Weeks, Neil Walker, uh, Brian Roberts. Uh, you know all these guys, and you know it seems like it just seems like uh, a lot of the power, a lot of a lot of the power so far this year has been hit by second baseman. It's it, you know it's it's a it's a conundrum. It's not so true. I mean, there's been a lot of home runs hit from other players, but uh, you know. Well, which is which is weird because historically it's such a weak position. Yeah, yeah, yeah really And is. probably in the best second baseman in second ba- in baseball is is going to be gone for who knows how long. Chase Utley. Yeah. Uh, the thing thing about that is is that uh, I kind of told you how Kendrick was going to take off this year. You know why? Oh uh, yeah, I've I've always thought so. Yeah, you know why right. though? Because he's this is the first year since like 2007 he's been on my fantasy team. Uh, okay. On any of my fantasy teams. So, you know, I remember you know, years ago, uh, somebody who go, will go, go nameless had him, you know, said if everyone was a free agent, who would be the top talents to pick up? He had how, this is when Kendrick was still, uh, you know, hadn't even played the majors. Yeah. And, you know, and Kendrick and Brandon Wood were both, <laughs> remember him? Yeah. Were both in the gosh. top 30. You know, and they said Kendrick's like a, a Tony Gwynn playing a plus second base with power. And it turns out he's just a uh, swing at everything hacker. Uh but of course now he's hitting with power. You know, but, you know, there's so few games left. Where some the team, some teams have now played six games. It isn't even. It's, it's even too early to say it's still early. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you've got guys with you know 500 wobas yeah. and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's fun things. You know, Baltimore getting out to a hot start. Yeah. Tampa Bay not doing well. Red Sox. Yeah, the Red Sox look yeah. horrible. But these are things are these things are meaningless. Like I don't know, Frank Francona already moving Carl Crawford to the number seven spot, yeah. didn't he? Uh, now that's you know that's one of those manager things that if you kind of have to. Generally, you know, Carl Crawford shouldn't be hitting seventh even in a stacked line of like the Red Sox, but you know, that might just be some sort of that sort of folk psychology yeah. that uh, managers do. You know, trying to take a little pressure off the guy. He's got a big new contract. So you know, I'm not, if he doesn't for a couple of games, I'm not going. Yeah, I mean, I I just that. think it's fun to project and, and 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 to make you know assumptions and and try to gather things because you know so far I'll tell you something. You know, to me, I'm not sure about you, but uh, after the first week of last season and, and and you look at this season, I think this season, I think the first uh, you know, a week of this season has been a lot more interesting uh, than the first week of last year. And um, you know, I just I'm you know 
I know you and I talked about this. So we're we're very happy the season is finally back, and that's and that's what I mean. That's what I'm thinking of. But I think it's just so 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 interesting to see all the all the past week surprises, you know. And uh, it seems like that's what it's, you know that's what it's all about. I mean, you know, there's there's so many so many teams and so many players who, if you had asked me, you know, even the Reds, you know, I I wouldn't have expected to see. Uh, all these teams and players are doing so well. It's but you know what? You're surprised. What? What? Wait. Why are you surprised about the Reds? Though? Well, well, I mean, I, I picked them to win the division. Didn't they, didn't, they, didn't they win the division last year? Oh, well, listen, I, I picked them to win the division, but I didn't expect it to be. I mean, they've they played like it's been nothing. I mean, it, they've just been stomping on the Brewers and Astros so far. I, I didn't think it would be this easy, but it's all you know. Well, again, it's the first. You're, you're, you're surprised they're stomping the Astros. I'm surprised that they're that they stomped the Brewers. <laughs> the Brewers. I mean, this is the second game. Yeah, the, the Brewers. The Brewers. The Brewers are a team that might be in trouble. Yeah. Uh, I'm not so worried about the record right now, though it's not good. Is I mean, wow! I mean, didn't they actually start Gomez and Nigel Morgan? Yeah. Well, in a game, that's how bad things are for them. I never thought the Brewers they, that, were gonna were gonna be amazing this year. You know, I, I was never riding that train, but I think you know, but it might come to the point mid-season where you're looking at the possibility of of maybe trading Granky or Markham. Yeah, I the first guy to go fielder, is probably gonna be fielder. fielder yeah. Uh, I I don't think you know what are they one and four after today. Yeah. Do they, do they do they play today? I'm, I'm looking. Yeah, they're playing the, the Braves right now. Yeah. Uh, Marco Estrada. Marco Estrada. Hey, did Mike Miner? Isn't he getting Kurt? Did he get rocked? Is he out of the game? I think so. Yeah. Oh wait, no, he didn't get rocked. Now I think the Brewers going to be okay. Uh, did, now your 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 boy Chris Narvison. Yeah, I like Chris Narvison a lot. I mean, did, did I he don't, pitch a good game? Did he pitch a good game for them? He pitched a really good game, and I think it's it's really good to see him pitch well because you know it seems like. You know, Matt, I'm not sure if, if you've ever if you've ever thought this, but it seems like like pitchers with really ugly deliveries, pitchers who aren't attractive to watch, always get ripped by the average fan and then analysts. You know, Chris Narvison is one of those guys, and you know he's not he's not a great pitcher at, at all, but he's definitely not a bad pitcher, and he's you know he's probably a really he's he's a really good number five pitcher. Uh, and he he pitched well yesterday. Uh, the the Brewers, or sorry, it wasn't yesterday; it was the day before yesterday. Yeah. And uh, I think the Brewers got the I think the Brewers got the loss. Yeah, Dan Eggle hit a game winning home run, but it was a two to one game, and, and Narvis only gave up a one run, I believe. Um, but yeah. you know, I'll tell you something. I like the Brewers bullpen. I really think though that a lot of this Brewers team is going to be, uh, you know, the Brewers' success is going to come from a lot of young guys. You know, and and by young, I'm not talking prospects like you know, like you know, like very young players. I'm talking you know, young players, Ryan Braun, obviously players like that. But I really can't see the yeah, Brewers this- heading into July with the with the you know being buyers. I just can't see it. Well, I don't think they're going to be buyers because they don't have anything to trade. Right. Well, still, uh, yeah. I mean, they, don't, they don't have anything to trade. In buyer mode is what I'm saying. Rather than guys, they would need to win. Right. <laughs> and if you're a buyer, you would be looking to win. Uh, I mean, they might be. I mean, who knows what they could be. I, I can see them. Uh, they have a lot of valuable pieces if they want to just blow it all exactly. up. But, you know, they went into this whole season with a go-for-it attitude. It's way too early for them to give up. Uh, you know, if they're 10 games out at the end of April – you know, that gets a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. But they're not like in a division full of juggernauts either. Uh, you got St. Louis, which is, God, that holiday thing's a killer. Yeah. You know, I had an appendectomy uh, in the middle of the 2009 really? season. Really? I was out for two weeks. Yeah, I missed. It's good. We, my wife got me really good, t- got us really good baseball tickets oh. to go see Zach start against Toronto during the Cy Young season. And he ended up getting rocked, but I watched it from home. I remember that. I remember that. Oh man, Mike Jacobs. Yeah. 
But, but you know, they, they, you know, the Blue Jays actually. This is nice. The Blue Jays. She called and explained the situation. They gave us replacement tickets, and uh, and we uh, ended up going to see. Uh, uh, we ended up. The game was later in the season. We got to see Mike Jake Azaria, Roy Halladay's last start. Okay, so that was cool. that was pretty cool. What do you? But but sorry. But anyway, about but I think the Brewers. Uh, why are we talking? Oh yeah, I mean, I mean the Brewers are a division where. I mean, they looked at I me. Mean, the Greg being out, that's a killer, and I don't even know who else. You know, Hart, Corey Hart's out yeah. too. Uh, and I thought there were some other other guys who were hurt, but you know, they, they picked up Nigel Morgan. I think that was it. That was an easy no risk move. Yeah. Since he's, was he was he even waived? Wasn't he just cut? No, by the he was traded for uh, for Cutter Dykstra. Yeah, he was terrible, yeah. right? Yeah, he's not a good prospect. Uh, I mean, who knows? What maybe Morgan's finished? Maybe 2000, 2009 was just a fluke. Uh, that's a, that's so, a ball game. Blue Jays win. Ball game. Yeah, that's a surprise. I really enjoyed watching the Blue Jays stomp the Twins this past weekend. Yeah, I got, I got to tell you something, okay? This is this is my story from the past weekend, okay? I was at the Twins game. I was at the Twins game Monday and Tuesday. And I'll tell you something. You know, over the past several years, I, I've really been drawn to the Twins. I've liked them a lot. And it seems like they've always been a team that you know that you could like based on their system and their organization and the players they bring up and the way they play. But you know what, Matt? I think you know from watching the past two days and just from 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 seeing what they've done recently, they're not that same team and they're completely different. They they're just not a fun team to watch anymore. I just don't get it, and I'm not even sure why. They just you know I'm still picking them. To- well, for one thing, who in their right mind, other than apparently people in the Twins organization, would like to watch Nick Blackburn start? Yeah, but that whole that whole. <laughs> Gosh, the whole team is just... Do you really want to watch an outfield that has Jason Kubel, Kubel and Delman Young in it? Is that is that fun to watch those guys? <laughs> well, it's funny because it, it seemed... I mean, it just seemed like, you know, you know, 2008, 2009, 2010, they were... You know, it was just a really fun team to watch. And, you know, it's pretty... It's, it's, well, yeah. It's not a different team. You know, there's some players... A lot of players are still there. Sorry. Well, I mean, well the pro- part of the problem is that they've got... They're terrible defensively. Yeah. Uh they have some, you know, I think Nishioka will probably be pretty good a second. And Spawn's a decent uh, uh, center fielder. And I don't know I, but actually about Valencia, but I mean, Alexi Casilla yeah, is a blow average second base. I don't think either Valencia or Casilla. And then, they've got, then they've got, you know, oh, this terrible gosh. situation where the corner outfielders are Delman, Kadair, and Kubel. Uh, None of whom are good. It's crazy. Uh, it's funny because, you, know, I, I, you know, I never do this. I was at the ball game, you know, last night. I was just saying to myself, you know, gosh, can you know, can the Yankees just score a run so I can get out of here? I mean, it was it was the Twins played so you know such boring baseball, even though they won. It, you know, it's, you know, uh, aside from that inning where they scored four runs, they were just getting steamrolled, and they weren't even. It, it didn't even look like, you know, a team that was trying to win. It just and it's and it seems like you know. Well, yeah, they're, they're, they don't even the know they're good. I mean, against the Blue Jays, rather the, the same thing. You know, it just. But, well, the part of the problem is they don't even know who their good players are. Yeah. So you know they they put they they have they, Slowey doesn't make the rotation over you know Blackburn uh, and of course and of course they don't even make a question of whether uh, uh, for them you know Blackburn and Dunzing were going to be in so it's like this competition between Baker and Slowey who are like their second and third best pitchers yeah uh, or third fourth they could have a really good rotation uh, but now Slowey's out of it. You know, Liriano, they, there were rumors they weren't happy with him. So the best pitchers are like Liriano, Baker, and then like Slowey and, and Pavano. Mm. But no, we get a whole lot of Blackburn and Dunsing who, you know. Yeah, and, and they've. I don't know, ba- well, it's funny. And, and of course, Sorry. Baker, they're always on the verge of, of burying him. Yeah. And, 
you know, he, he's a fly ball pitcher. So it's not his, but, you know, he can't field. He's not the fielder. He's not one of their terrible fielding out guys. And so he's going to get killed. But, yeah, we don't have to talk about the Twins. They're just a, yeah. annoying. And I, it was funny because they got all these strike throwers. Well, I guess a team like that, that might work against a patient team like the Yankees because they always get behind. It's not going to work against the Jays. They're going to grip it and, and rip it. And the White Sox, too. The White Sox have a power thing lineup as well. Tigers have have a good. Well, lineup. yeah, so do the Yankees. Uh, yeah, but the but the but the, but the Jays aren't going to wait around, right? Yeah, no, that was their thing last year. The first pitch they see, they're just going to hit it as hard as they can. And so it was fun to watch yeah. the Jays uh, kick their butts. Hey Matt, hey, what do you think about the Nationals so far? Uh, you know, uh, first of all, uh, before you uh, before I uh, before you answer that, uh, hey guys, we're going to actually uh, we're going to this is going to be a shorter podcast than usual. Matt, you know, I told I said before you and I are really, are really busy this week, and and we're going to uh, in a little bit we're going to be joined by uh, by Adam Dorowski, our very own Adam Dorowski, but. For now, uh, Matt, you know, I, I was, you know, again, I told this before, I was trying to figure out which teams, I'll, you know, look good, even even if their record doesn't suggest it. And one of the teams that, that looks really good to me are the Nationals. And uh, Jordan Zimmerman, you know, it's funny, I was thinking tonight, Levon Hernandez, you know, you keep waiting for him to, to have a bad start, and it never happens. It just seems like this Nationals team is, you know, I, first of all, I don't think they're going to win 80 games this year. I'm not even sure if they'll win. You know, I'm not even sure if they'll have a winning record, but they seem like a team that's really going to be hard to play, you know, like they've always, you know, they've been over the past couple of years, and it's just, they're a fun team to watch, and they're going to be really improved, and they might even win 80 games, we'll see, but what do you think about that team so far? They're not going to win 80 games. No? Oh, come on, Matt, they're going to win 80 games. They're going to win 80 <laughs> no, games. They, no, they're not. Uh, they, I mean, I get a kick out of Livon Hernandez still being a decent pitcher, but I think, basically, you get to look forward to Jordan Zimmerman. Yeah. And uh, I think... Worth and uh, Zimmerman, uh, Ryan Zimmerman, are going to be fun to watch in there. They've already been hitting the cover off the ball. I think Jason Worth's going to spend the next seven years wondering why the heck he decided to go to to to, to, uh, to Washington. Uh, well, he knows why. It was for tons and tons of money. But yeah, this is going to be a long, another long season uh, for, for them. I mean, it's nice that they could play well so far and. Uh, that Jason Worth, at least, I mean, he's a fun player to watch, and obviously Ryan Zimmerman's one of the best uh, best players in baseball, and he's, he's only 26 years old, so, but this is, well, what do you like about him? I just think there's, it just looks like there's a lot, first of all, it, it looks like there's a lot more athletes on the field uh, than uh, there's been in the past, you know, Danny Espinosa, Ian Desmond, obviously Zimmerman, if, well, first of all, Espinosa and, and Desmond, this is the first year where, where they're playing a whole season uh, alongside each other. Adam LaRoche is a, is a pretty good defender at first base. Zimmerman is Zimmerman. Uh, they have Michael Morse, who looks like a really good player. Uh, you know, he's he. Uh, well, if that's the problem right there. When you're already Michael saying Michael Morse is a really good player, that's. I, I, know, I, I said he looks like a really good player. I didn't say he was. I said he looks like a really good player, and <laughs> and he has you know I, he has a lot of power. I'm not sure if he's going to even hit for average, but he, you know he seems like a, you know I think he's an upgrade over Bernadina and and Morgan. I'll say that. Uh, they have Wilson Ramos be on the plate and Pudge. You know, Pudge, Pudge is, is definitely not a starting catcher anymore, but uh, Wilson Ramos is. Uh, they have Jason Worth, who you know maybe maybe throughout the the duration of his deal, it's not going to go well, and there's a good chance of that. But I think you know for the first you know year or two or or, or even three, he'll be pretty good. Uh, you know, as you said, Jordan Zimmerman is is, is the most exciting guy in that rotation uh, by far. But Levon Hernandez seems to get it done. You know, uh, you don't know how, and and he makes it look really ugly. He throws an 83 mile an hour fastball, but he gets it done. Uh, I think Gorzolani is terrible. I really do. I think, uh, you know, I don't like him at all. I think John Lennon, you know, he had a pretty good start, but I don't think he's going to be that consistent. The bullpen, I like a lot. I don't like Brian Broderick, but I like uh, Sean Burnett. I like uh, Sean Burnett uh, has been pitching well. He gave up a walk-off last night, but um, 
you know, Tyler Clippard is really good. They have uh, uh, Drew Storen, who after a horrible spring training has been pitching really well. I think his ERA is just a little bit over three right now. It's 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 a team that is not going to be. It's not you know they're not going to win a, a pennant this year. They're not going to win the division. But uh, but it's definitely an improvement on last round. I I, I think they could win eighty games. Yeah, I, I'm not sure about that. Uh, they're starting Rick and Keel in center field, and they're still actually you know they're starting Mike Morse in left field. I I I don't I don't believe in it. And Morse is nice that they actually have a young middle infield instead of you know the Jim Bowden retreads uh, they had yeah. the earlier. You know Espinosa, <laughs> I I'm not sure Espinosa is going to hit. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. Yeah, I saw him, uh, but, I saw him playing. Uh, but at least sorry. But at least they're running him out there. And they should. I mean, Ian, De- yeah. Ian, Desmond, Ian Desmond, do you know what his OPS is right now? Is it like one something? Zero. Oh, shit. <laughs> he has zero hits and zero walks. He did score a run. I'm not sure how he got it. Must have been a, he must have gotten on in a force or something. Well, okay. Uh, before we go, you know, I, I keep changing the subject. This is the most random podcast I've we've, we've ever done. We've just been going from, from, random subject to, uh, from random subject to random subject. Speaking of zero hits, zero walks, zero everything – Let's talk about a player of the complete opposite. And you know who I'm talking about. My favorite <laughs> player in baseball. Podcast podcast favorite. Say his name. Uh, Mike Jacobs. Yeah, yeah, right. Alex Gordon. I'm, telling I'm not jinxing him. Okay, fine. Well, yeah. Matt Matt, uh, Matt hates to jinx guys because he's done it in the past. Well, I just had – Gordon, you know – listen, you know who I had on my freaking fantasy team going into 2007? My team was going to dominate – you had Gord, you I had, had uh, Brandon Gord. Wood, Andy LaRoche. <laughs> no, I didn't have Andy LaRoche. I had Howie Kendrick, uh-huh. Brandon Wood, and Alice Gordon. And and so now I don't have any of them. And now Gordon is – Gordon and Kendrick are on fire. Uh, and, and Wood is you know not. But hey, Gordon with another nice uh, nice game today, a double and a, and a, and a late-inning single. Of course, he left him stranded on third on the right to a loss. And he threw out a guy at third. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I mean, every single day it seems like he does something new. As you said, today he made I think three, as you said, three great plays, right? Three really good plays in the field, and he had a double in the first inning. It's you know, I mean, it seems like every single day, literally. Every, well, it's only been what six games, five, uh, yeah, six, yeah, yeah six, six, games. six games. He's done something every single day except for opening day, and more. Yeah, he had one. Was it opening day? Yeah, three strikeouts. Yeah, yeah, he was over five. He he was inches away from a three-run walk-off. But I mean, it's just been. I mean, he's been. You know, I hate to use this word. I, I almost never use this word ever. But since Friday, since last Friday, he's been playing incredible, and that's the word. I mean, I, th- I think I think with I think with Gordon, you know, we'll see, this is a hot streak. At least he's buying himself a little bit of goodwill because I think the relationship with the fans in Kansas City's got a little toxic. Because they're such ridiculously overhyped expectations, and when he didn't meet, you know, this whole next George Brett thing, and uh, that's not his fault. Uh, but but. That's just crazy to put this kind of expectations right. on any of player. Of course. Uh, I mean, Ryan Zimmerman and Evan Longoria are great players with Hall of Fame potential, and they, they're not George Brett. Uh, so why would you do that to anyone? Uh, and, and then they've jerked him around. He hasn't been handled well. You know, I talked about this with uh, Carson Sestouli from Fangraphs, and also now from uh, Baseball Nation, SB Nation, Baseball Nation, uh, that, uh, you know, guys with Gordon's pedigree, just stud college hitters, they may not always be awesome, but they, they they almost never play as badly as Gordon has the last couple seasons. Right. Yeah, of that course. Injuries being jerked around. You know, if you look at Gordon's peripherals from the last couple seasons, like his uh, contact rate, his walk rates, his strikeout rates, they're not all that much different than Evan Longoria's. Now, obviously, Evan Longoria is a much better player 
uh, and a much better hitter. And I think it just comes down to Gordon, you know, not hitting the ball hard yeah. enough. Well, can I tell <laughs> so you this? Something like that. And maybe he's turning that around with the new swing. I mean, honestly, the first day talking to some people, I don't change. They said his swing didn't look any different to me, is what they said, and they finally saw yeah. him. But maybe that was an opening day jitters. You know, who knows? Uh, not every player develops the same way. Uh, this could be Gordon Gier. And who knows? He's buying his. Well, sorry, I got off topic there. So the relationship's toxic. Look, he's going to be hot and cold. Every No player is going to be the same every, every week or every game. But at least this buys him a little time. So when he eventually does go on a cold streak, he'll just bring a high number down. It's a lot easier to stop. People don't notice it if you have a cold streak after a hot one. But if you start the season on a cold streak yeah. and you bring your numbers up, that 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 makes things harder on you. It's not fair. That's just the way fan psychology works. Yeah. Well, before we take a break, can I just say this? I mean, it, you know, I've I've gotten a chance to watch him uh, over the last several years, and it seems like there's a lot of, of things you could tell aside from stats. And you know, he, I, you know, Matt, I'm sure you've seen this. He just looks so much more patient at the plate. He looks more comfortable. He's he's waiting on the ball longer, and he's hitting it. Uh, he's hitting it uh, the other way. Last year, I know there were a lot of times where he, you know, where he took a hack, you know, too early. And he, it's like his, like his whole body turned around. It's like a 360. I mean, he just, he looks much more comfortable at the plate. He looks like he knows what he's doing. He looks confident, and he's, uh, you know, he's really hitting like a number three hitter, and, and he is hitting in the number three spot. And um, I think, I, yeah, I'm still not sure that's the best spot for him in the li- best spot for him in the lineup. I think uh, one thing with Gordon is that, yeah, I think people and especially announcers tend to go a little overboard with taking the ball the other way thing. Yeah. I think with Gordon, part of it is that stadium, uh, but part of it is that he, I'm not sure sure he has that. At least so far, he hasn't shown that incredible power. Where I mean, a lot of guys can't pull the outside pitch. Uh, I'm not sure Gordon has that kind of power, uh, at least not yet. And today his double was to the was to, was was the opposite field, yeah. and then his single was right in the middle. Uh, I don't think they should try to turn him into Billy Butler. I mean, what Billy Butler does, he does well. That's not going to be Gordon's game. Gordon is eventually, I think, going to have to hit for power because he's not going to hit for average. At least not a really good one. I mean, if he hits 280 in a season, that'll I can't imagine him hitting. That would be like his career year. You think? Uh, he's gonna. He's gonna. He, yeah, he just never. He doesn't. Uh, yeah, he he doesn't. He, he, he's not slow, but he but he's just at. Uh, he doesn't make. He, he has too high of a strikeout rate, mm-hmm. and uh, he has a good but not great walk rate. I just don't see him hitting. I mean, he might hit 280. That would be like the cat, the top of it. But but he's gonna have to hit for more power and take his walks. That's gonna be his offensive game if he if if he maintains. I mean, right now, obviously, he's doing everything well. But it's been six games. I bet I can find. I mean, over six games. I think Unieski Betancourt last August was you know had a 1,000 you know OPS. So yeah, I I still uh, think I I just hope I just hope that he you know he's obviously he's not gonna keep this up the whole year. But I hope uh, as he regret if he does regress that. It's it's not too much, and I I think he'll be I think this is going to be the year, and I, you know I keep saying yeah. that, and I, I hate to say it because I'm going to jinx him, but believe but leave it at that. And and before we take a break, uh, actually no, let's let's take a break. We'll be back in a minute and talk to Adam Dorowski of uh, of Beyond the Box Score, our very own Adam Dorowski. So until then. <laughs> Podcast. Now we're being joined uh, by BTV's very own and a good buddy of mine, Adam Dorowski. Adam, how you doing, man? Good. How are you, Dave? I'm doing good. And uh, finally, we got uh, we got you know uh, I wanted BTV's columnist on. You know, obviously me and Matt uh, do the podcast, but we're always uh, we've been trying to get you know our writers on, and uh, it's it's been hard, but we finally got you on. And uh, you know, 
Adam, you've been uh, you've been really busy over the past couple of weeks um, with your Hall of Weighted War posts, and and uh, before we talk about those, I just want to let everyone know, uh, our listeners know that um, you were going to write a book, and it, yeah. and instead uh, you put them all into Beyond the Box Score posts, which got an um, an uncounted amount of uh, of views and, and attention, and they were great. Talk a little talk a little bit about that, Adam. Uh, talk a little bit about the Hall of War itself. Yeah. All right. So uh, I started. I'm really into war. I mean, as soon as war came out, I was like, yes, this is what I've been waiting for. I love comparing players across eras. And, you know, war really uh, was made it possible to do that with, you know, considering position, considering era, considering run environments uh, and all of that. So it really actually made it possible to compare, say, a Babe Ruth to a Barry Bonds or even a Babe Ruth to a Sandy Koufax Mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, it it just put all the components in and gave you a, a... a number of wins that that player was worth over replacement. It was great. So, um, I mean, there's the thing, though, where uh, when talking about Hall of Fame cases, which I'm very interested in, uh, by straight war, uh, you know, you got guys like Rick Russell or Kevin Brown that rank ahead of Sandy Koufax. And a good way to uh, really turn off some uh, non-stat heads is to say, oh, Rick Russell was worth more than Sandy Koufax over his career. Well, yeah, maybe he was, but you know, the, the reason is because he pitched longer. But Koufax is obviously more dominant. So weighted war, uh, what that does is it tries to take the, the really, really good seasons a pitcher had and, or a, a position player mm. and assign them extra value. And uh, it really uh, kind of just takes that extra value, adds it to war, and you get the adjustments like Sandy Koufax flying up the list and a guy like Rick Russell, you know, dropping down a few notches. So, so were there any, you know, uh, um, you know, I know that there were a lot of really uh, surprising players, you know, at least in my point of view, there were a lot of players who I wouldn't have, you know, expected uh, to see at all. And talk a little bit about those, you know, those, uh, those interesting surprise guys who, uh, who, who, you know, who made the Hall of War. Uh, let's see. So the, there were, um, the guys that uh, Sorry. you know the, the stat geeks would totally expect to see get in, like um, Bobby Grich, for example. Mm-hmm. He gets in. He had a great raw war total, and he also had a really nice peak, so he got in without any trouble at all. Uh, Willie Randolph is another second baseman, just to kind of stick with the second baseman, who he had a, a nice 60.5 uh, war total. He had a, a weaker peak, but still his war was enough to get in. And then uh, a Hall of Famer that is actually a currently a Hall of Famer, Joe Gordon. Um, he, he's a good example because he only had 54.9 WAR, and you know a lot of stat people were like, "Ah, Joe Gordon doesn't really deserve it." But when you look at weighted WAR, his peak was so damn good mm-hmm. that he definitely deserves it. Yeah, and and you know I know there are, there's a lot of players like that in that situation, uh, and you know the whole of uh, and you know it's the whole of weighted WAR, right? Right, and you know, the weighted war wouldn't have been uh, as 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 interesting as it is uh, if you hadn't created uh, a wins above MVP, and uh, that's for players who uh, who are worth six or more wins in a, in a in a certain season. And talk about how much that impacted uh, the Hall of of W War. Right, so um, the Hall of W War is uh, weighted war is wins above replacement. Plus wins above excellence, which is any uh, war uh, single season war above three, yep. plus wins above MVP, which is any single season war above six. So the way that works is anything above three gets double counted, and anything above six gets triple counted. 
So you get some uh, pretty uh, amazing numbers from guys like Babe Ruth and Hank Aaron, who are always above the wins above MVP levels. Yeah. Um, and then you get some interesting things like uh, Daryl Porter uh, squeaked in as the, the second to last catcher I put in because uh, he had that really sick, uh, what was it, 1979 season or so? It was 8.4 war. So that ended up being worth a ton in terms of wins above excellence and wins above MVP. And when you're talking about catchers, they typically earn less war because of the playing time, both within a single season and within a career. So you get an 8.4 win season for a catcher, and yeah. that kind of shoots them up the charts. And, uh, you know, talk about, and I know you mentioned uh, Hank Aaron and guys like that. Uh, you know, I, I was easier to, uh, to put those guys on, like like Hank Aaron and and uh, and the guys who were consistently, uh, uh, you know, six-plus uh, war guys. Well, was it easier to put them in the hall? Well, it was easier to you know, you know to, uh, to figure this out and, and to and to you know because obviously uh, obviously Adam you did a lot of work on getting this all together and doing research. Uh, you know, was it easier to uh, to figure those guys out rather than uh, than someone like uh, you know a uh, Joe Gordon, for example? Uh, it, it was easier in the respect that I I knew right off the bat that they would get in. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of knew. Uh, basically, I wanted to make the Hall of W War the same size as the Hall of Fame. Okay. Because that way we could kind of compare the the baseline, uh, the the borderlines, and say you know a borderline Hall of Famer is you know so and so, whereas a borderline Hall of W War guy is uh, you know much better player in, in my opinion. So um, you know guys like Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, their raw WAR totals far exceeded what the W WAR total would have been to get in anyway. Uh-huh. So in, instead, like our borderline is guys like uh, well we have two. Interesting guys that actually exactly hit the borderline, like to to point zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dale Murphy is the exact epitome of the Hall of W War borderline, and uh, he's not eligible for the Hall yet. But Nomar Garcia Para actually also uh, reached that level wow. because he had such the such an amazing peak. And uh, you know, I know you told me, uh, you know, uh, privately that you were going to actually put all this into a, into a book uh, uh, before you. Before you did all these uh, Hall of, of, of Weighted War posts on Beyond the Box Score, um, how would the how would the book have looked had you had you put all these interesting uh, you know uh, Hall of uh, sorry Hall of War Hall of Weighted War uh, data into a book? Oh man, uh, I I put a lot of thought into this book. I, I really wanted to do it, but then when you know push came to shove, I was like, you know what? It's not going to get done. So what I want, I really want to get the the data out there. So that's why I ended up publishing it in individual posts on Beyond the Box Score over like a two-week span. So the book was going to look like, uh, let's see, I think there were five main sections. There was kind of a a what is the Hall of WR, the the whole methodology talks about wins above replacement, wins above excellence. Some of that chapter that I actually wrote, I actually repurposed for other Beyond the Box score posts. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I did one about, um, you know, the baseball reference war in plain English. That directly yep. came from the book. Uh, then the next section was going to be who stays. Like these are the obvious guys. They're already in the Hall of Fame and they're not moving no matter what. You know, these are the Rogers Hornsby's and the Mike Schmitz of the world. And then there was going to be the who's out. So who's in the Hall of Fame and got booted? And there were 66 of those players. And it, it ranged from guys that I was actually shocked to see go, uh, like Billy Williams yep. and Ralph Kiner yep. were a couple that really, really surprised me. And then there were the guys like Rabbit Moranville and Bruce Suter that didn't surprise me at all. 
And then the next chapter was going to be who's in. This was the 66 guys uh, who are not in the Hall of Fame, but end up getting in under this system. Yeah. And just to run down a few of those names, I mean, they're really interesting. It's it's everything from like 1800s pitchers like Jim McCormick and the Silver King to um, guys like Alan Trammell, Bobby Gritch, uh, Larkin, Walker, uh, Kevin Brown. Kevin Brown is actually the top-rated uh, 20th century pitcher not in the Hall of Fame by Weighted War. But uh, the number one player not in the Hall of Fame by Weighted War no matter what, no matter how you look at it, is Jeff Bagwell, wow. and it's by by a pretty decent margin too. And uh, you know, I uh, there's a quote from uh, well, you know, as we were as we were doing this, I was talking to to our manager uh, Justin Bopp uh, through 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 Google Chat, and he told me to ask you this, okay, in quotes, all right, all right. Ask him how he so consistently delivers visual awesomeness. I mean, how is he so steady and predictably awesome? End of quote. Steady and predictably awesome. Yeah. Um, I guess I, I, I come up with an awesome thing and then I just start everything else by doing save as. <laughs> that makes it consistent and awesome yet again. No, but I really appreciate the kind words from Justin and I appreciate the kind words I've gotten from people, uh, particularly with the, the Hall of W War visualization. Uh, that is something that I'm, I'm very proud of. I, I like how it came out. It's, it's, you know, it's not just a graphic too. It's got right. some clickable interactivity and stuff like that. So it was really fun to put together. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, Adam, uh, you know, it's, it's always great to talk to you. Uh, you know, I hope everyone was, I hope everyone, uh, was a little bit more clear with the whole of weighted war after listening to you, after listening to this. And, um, if you know, everyone, if you want to follow Adam on Twitter, Adam, you're at baseball twit. Um, and Adam, thanks for doing this, man. Hey, no problem. Thanks. actually taking the week off from blogging at Fangraphs. I mean, I've been meaning to do some stuff. I've been so busy with real life. It just gets in the way of my baseball watching, which is really a pain. But I have a lot of stuff uh, going on uh, right now this weekend. And so I'm just going to take, you know, the first, I don't know about you, for, for me, I like to blog out what's going on the first week of the season. The first couple weeks are just truly hard because there's no off-season stuff to talk about anymore. Mm. There's no predictions to make, you know, silly stuff like that. But it's such so early. There's nothing to talk about with trends right. and what's going on. Other than that, I can't. There's only so many ways you can write uh, small sample size. Yeah, I just like to watch, so, bro. That's all. I just like to watch, man. I mean, yeah. simple as that. I mean, I, yeah, I just like going to games and, and stuff like that, bro. So, how many games you already been to? I've been to uh, three games already, and um, wow. But I'll tell you something. I, I, you know, gosh, I, I hate to say this, but Yankee Stadium, the there's so many things about it that just make you want to not be there. It, it, you know, it, it sucks to say, but oh gosh, City Field, bro, is, is City Field. It, it, it might be one of the top three ballparks in America. It's and compared to Yankee Stadium, it's it's like comparing like, oh my gosh, it's 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 so much it's so much more fan friendly. It's so much nicer to be at. Um, I'm going Friday and hopefully, well, I'm, I'm not going to say actually, but uh, yeah, I'll be there Sunday too. Um, and you know, it's. I think I think the Mets are are just more in general. I think 
uh, they're going to be uh, this season. I think they're going to be more of a fun team to watch than the Yankees, uh, just because I think the Mets have a lot of surprising players. And as I just say that, uh, I think it was as Drupal Cabrera who just hit a big home run, seven-two Indians now. Wow. Astrobel. Yeah. So who 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 are the who are, uh, who's pitching for the uh, Red Sox? Dan Wheeler. Jeez. Goodness. Oh boy. No, but who started tonight? Oh, it was it was uh, Dice K. God, you know, I, here I, here's a question for you. Okay, here's a question for you. That was money well spent. Yeah, really. What? This is my question for you. Okay, try and try to try to understand this. Okay, uh, I remember Sky Kalkman uh, asked asked a while ago, "Who's the most boring hitter in baseball to watch?" Not so much the worst, but I was thinking, who who is the most you know, I'll tell you my, I'll tell you my couple, and before we end, we'll just cover this real quick. I was thinking about the most boring pitchers to watch in baseball. You know, n- you know, maybe not the worst pitchers by any means, but just the most boring pitchers to watch. Just the pitchers who just make it not fun to watch. I'm not sure how to describe. Steve it. Traxel. <laughs> well, I was thinking Dice K is that guy for me. I I just can't watch him and and be excited. It just, I don't know. He just, he, I'm not sure if it's if it's the pace that he goes at. It's just, I don't know, man. Well, if it's a Royals fan, the most painful is Kyle Davies. Oh, I like his new because, delivery. He has a cool new delivery. But he just, oh, I mean, even when he's pitching okay, it just, it's just, it's just—it's so uncomfortable. Yeah. Because you just know it's going to, it feels, always feels like it's going to fall apart. You feel like when he gets guys out, it's because the hitter got themselves out. And who, who's the... But other, other than that, I don't know. Uh, who's painful? A Dice K. Yeah. That's a good, good I, I, choice. I think... He's just irritating. And plus, you know that he... He came over with such fanfare, like he's going to be the stud, and he's just been okay for them. Yeah. Uh, and he's not—he's not horrible. Yeah. Uh, I mean, sometimes he has been. I don't, I mean, are, are we talking about starting pitchers? Yeah, I think starting pitchers. I, I was thinking Kuroda also. I'm not trying to make this a trend of of, of the Japanese pitchers, but I just—I don't know. I think I think there are a lot of Japanese pitchers who I like watching, but Kuroda and Daisuke. I think another guy I think is is pretty boring to watch is. Uh, Nick Blackburn. Nick Blackburn. I, you know, believe it or not, I, I think I'm not. I'm, he he sucks and he's boring. That's hard. Yeah, that's 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 a big uh, combo. I, I've never been a fan of watching uh, uh, someone like someone like Cole Hamels. I think you know I, I've never been a I've never been the biggest Hamels fan. I just don't like his delivery. I, I think he's you know he's one of those guys who who gets it done, but not pretty. I think. Uh, uh, the Rangers, Tommy Hunter and Scott Tommy, Feldman, both uh, both of whom are just. <laughs> really bad pitchers. Uh, let's see. Joe Saunders is in a, is in a similar boat. Yeah. yeah, Joe Saunders. Um, Chris Volstead. Oh god, Doug Fisters. Pardon me. So I just, you know, Joe Saunders is so boring. I forgot he existed. Yeah. Thanks. You ruined my night. I thought I. God, I hate Joe Saunders. Sorry. I mean, I'm sure he's a great guy. I just, yeah. If I ever have to, if I never have to watch him pitch again, I won't be sorry. Uh, the Diamondbacks are in trouble, man. Jeez. <laughs> you think? Chris Young, Chris Young, I think he'll be traded this season. I really do. They'll probably trade him for a reliever. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's David it. Hernandez. <laughs> Don't they already have him? Well, yeah. they got to get all well, the Hernandez. Well, I was saying, they yeah, they, uh, it's like the David Hernandez trade. I'll, I'll say this. Uh, before we end, I'm going to call this right now. I'm going to say Chris Young to the uh, Chris Young to the Braves. Yeah, that sounds right. Because they don't really have a center field. Well, I don't know. Would they? Would they? Would they well, he's McLeod right. Left? Well, he's right-handed. Uh, McLeod is. I mean, he's right-handed. He he has. He's he's the brave type of player. I think, and I think he's from that area. I think it would be a good match. 
Yeah, what would they move? Would they move actually McLeod to the left? And what would they do with what would they do with, with Prado? I'm not sure what they do with McLeod. I, you know, I was just using that as as, as just as, as just a guess. But how about how about this? How does this sound? Ready? You're gonna like this one. Chris Young to the Nationals in exchange for Rick and Keel again. <laughs> well, I mean, he, he, no, no, no. So not not, not a Keel. That's I, was, I got the I was talking in the race. Exchange for what? Maybe uh, maybe someone like that pitch like prospect. Gets, well, maybe like a big league reliever and like another prospect like. Tyler Clippert and someone like Yuri Perez, maybe. Who's a... Yeah, yeah, Tyler Clippert. That's yeah, young for Clippert. That sounds that sounds about right for the uh, for the for the Dynamics. I'm not sure that uh, Mike Rizzo is smart enough to rip some another team off like that. You think? <laughs> he did pull it off with 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 Pittsburgh with the Morgan the Niger Morgan uh, uh, lasting millage thing. Yeah. Oh gosh, that was. It's funny how that ended up. Believe it or not. Well, it's funny how everyone kept thinking of it's, uh, millage is this you know potential you know upside prospect with upside he just i mean how he he's washed out of three organizations now basically gave him away yeah really it's been it's you know it's been sad I'll, you know i'll be honest because i've always I've, I've always liked him as a player and well well you know not as not as a star as everyone made him seem but i've always liked him just you know just in general um you know it's it, you know it's kind of sad to see you know and he's not the only one there's been a lot of players who uh you know maybe uh, Brandon Wood, Andy LaRoche, Gordon, you know, all these guys who you thought would be really big stars, but never turned out. Um, hey, Matt, so you want to so end it? Well, I'd like to live for like another 40 <laughs> years, probably. But I, we should probably say it's called the end of the podcast. Yeah, I, I wish you the best of health. Uh, you're going to live for a very long time. Uh, it's been great talking with you tonight, Matt. And uh, Yeah, it's, it's been good. Until next week. Yeah, have a good night. Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the bare necessities, that's why a bear can rest at ease with just the bare necessities of life. Yeah, with just the bare necessities of life. Yeah, man!